Can the New Orleans Pelicans make it work with the starters? Does Trey Murphy break out at some point this season? What kind of coaching growth will we see? We're taking a look at the biggest questions remaining for the Pelicans after the All-Star break. It's a Friday episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Friday, final show of the week. We're going to look at the biggest burning questions around the Pelicans here. We're going to look at the starters and talk about them. I want to talk about Trey Murphy, coaching growth, the bench, a couple of other things too, and a bit of a programming note for y'all. Some of this is going to bleed into next week too. We're going to look at some of these topics in a little bit more depth. I'm going to spend a whole show looking at Willie Green and maybe why you're not seeing some of the changes that you want to be seeing. I think they know they need to change some things, but they're purposely not. We'll touch on it in today's show. We'll get into it more in depth next week. We'll also look a little bit with more with the starters too. I'll tease that up in a minute here. Of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today. And every day we are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, part of the pod, uh, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. And become an everydayer. Listen Monday through Friday to Lockdown Pelicans. Never miss an episode. Let's get right into it. Got some stats and things I want to share here. I want to know what your burning questions around this team is. So number one, if we're looking at biggest things we want to see over the final 26, 27 games of the regular season for the New Orleans Pelicans, right? The all-star break, by the way, is not like halfway through. It's really like a th- you know a third left. They have 27 games remaining. I just did the math on a calculator here. And all of this, this show is going to be about reaching their potential. You know, Will Guillory, friend of the show with The Athletic, just wrote an article about it that I think kind of sums up how I feel about this team. This team is good. I've been saying that repeatedly, but it doesn't feel like they are getting to their ceiling. They're not reaching their full potential. The results are good. Don't look past that. But it also means there's still room for improvement. That's not a bad thing, though, right? It's better than being what you are and maxing out and not having room for improvement. But they also might not reach that ceiling. They might not actually improve or become more than they are. I saw someone said, when they get it all together, this team's going to look scary. It's not when. It's not when. There's no guarantees that that's going to happen. It's if, if they reach their full potential. Yeah, this team could be really, it could be much better, right? But we don't know if that's going to necessarily happen. You only have 27 games left to go. There's only so much you can do in that time. So looking at all of these biggest questions that are still out there, it's about if you answer these or get an answer from these, you can reach your full potential and we'll see what this team's capable of. That's Weird kind of stance. So this first segment's probably going to jump into the next one too here. So I want to start with the starters, right? The starting lineup of CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, or CJ McCollum, Herb Jones is kind of your two guard. And then Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Jonas Valanciunas. Has a negative net rating on the season. That number is bad. They are negative 2.8, right? The Pelicans on the season have a net rating of 4. They're minus 2.8, so that's a 6.8 difference right there. That ain't good. 
It's just no sugarcoating. The starting lineup there has not been good this season. Once you get into the numbers, though, it's kind of interesting because, look, they're actually good in the first half of games. They're doing what they should do. That starting lineup in 191 minutes together has a net rating of 10.8. Their offense looks good. It would be top in the league in terms of teams, right? The defense, based off of their number here, let me look at it in comparison, would be fourth best. That's a good spot to be in, I think, right? The starting lineup in the first half is actually kind of crushing it. It's in the second half of games where things get outright worrisome. And this ties into a question that a lot of y'all pose to me. You know, can we stop blowing leads, right? I was like, what are your biggest questions you have remaining in the regular season? Can we stop blowing leads? They have a positive 10.8 net rating, and that's offensive rating minus defensive rating. If you don't know what those numbers are, I explained them in a show this week. The same unit in the second half of games has a net rating of negative, listen to this, 18.4, 18.4 in 159 minutes together. It's the most the Pelicans lineup has played in the second half. That is, frankly, worrisome. Their offense would be, where is that number here? It's bad. Oh, boy, is it bad. Their offensive rating in the second half of games is 110.3, that would put them as the 27th offense in the league. That ain't good, right? Like, that's that's an atrocious number. Their defensive rating in that time is 128.7. I'm almost certain that would be worst in the league. I don't even think I need to look. That'd be worst in the league by, like, a lot. So the offense has stalled out, and the defense is getting lit up. Now, I think those two things are connected, as you've heard me say a lot, right? Good defense can lead to good offense, but good offense can also lead to good defense. They're intrinsically tied together with all of it, right? So here's the question. What do you do? What do you do, right? You need this group to figure it out. This will tie to something I want to talk about in the third segment because your bench is kind of carrying you. Alternative lineups are carrying you and they shouldn't be doing that and that's not a recipe for success in the postseason at all. So what do you do about this, right? That's a question I have. We'll talk more about coaching later in the show. It ties to all of this, right? Like they have to figure out the starters in some capacity. Put in Trey Murphy instead of Herb Jones. Run point Zion versus the more egalitarian offense that you're running right now. Start Larry Nance Jr. over Jonas Valanciunas, though, to be honest, that hasn't you know worked out particularly well for this team, though I will say in the second half of games, that's the second most used lineup that they have, basically with Larry Nance Jr. instead of Jonas Valanciunas. That has a net rating of 7.3, so that's a good number. However, it's mainly done on the defensive side of the ball, and they have a worse offensive rating in terms of scoring points than the starting lineup does with Larry in there, but the defense holds teams to under to 97.6, which would lead the league by, like, Almost by 20, 10, really here. So that's a pretty good number. They've got to figure this out. And if you can't, that's an answer too, right? Like these are the questions I have. Can you figure it out? If you, if the answer is yes, maybe you keep this core, right? Like that's maybe something then it, it dramatically changes your off season if they figure it out and it works and if it works in the postseason. If you don't figure it out, that's an answer too, right? Then you have to maybe take more of a serious look at the Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram pairing, and we'll have more on that. That's going to be Monday's show here. That's the other tease I wanted to, to throw out there. That's Monday's episode of Locked on Pelicans. So 
you'll get an answer on this no matter what. And it's going to dramatically impact your offseason. I don't know what the answer is going to be just yet. There's no guarantees they make it work. But this is, I think, the biggest question. Can you figure it out with your starters? There's a lot to this. Layers that I want to peel back. That's Monday's show, right? They're not going to immediately go to breaking up Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson if it turns out this doesn't, you can't figure it out this season. There's other steps you can take before you get to that, but that is an approach that you're going to need to take. Also comes with a quote from an NBA executive. So that's coming up on Monday's show. So coming up next, the starters here struggling, right? Let's look at Trey Murphy a little bit. He's in a slump, right? Can he get out of the slump? I think that's a big question here because this also impacts your offseason and things that you're going to need to do. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about eBay Motors because our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. So whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Let's look at Marvin Bagley III. Just saw him the other night. Bagley is Washington's likely starting center after the Daniel Gafford trade and is worth grabbing for fantasy leagues. You also have Benedict Matherin. Buddy Heald is now in Philadelphia, so that should be more minutes for Matherin. So Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows a championship team is all about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. I work on all of my cars. I tell you this, right? Get an old Corvette that I'm fixing up. Parts aren't the easiest thing to get, but I get them all at eBay Motors. Because they have 122 million parts for your vehicle. I've never had an issue getting a part for that car on eBay Motors at all. So you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers. Whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. With eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. And at these prices, and trust me, I know because otherwise it might be broke... You're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, breaking down everything you want to know. Here are the burning questions that we have for the remainder of the regular season for the New Orleans Pelicans, the things that I really want to know. I was just on uh, ESPN Radio here in Baton Rouge with Matt Moscona after further review. Love, Matt. We were talking about it, and I said, you know, like, this team is good, right? Like, I, I keep hammering that point home. They're winning games. But they're not reaching their full potential, and we want to see them reach their full potential. And that's why, despite being 11 games over 500, going into the All-Star break here, we we don't feel great about them, right? Like, this doesn't look like a team that can win a title, and they should be better than they are. You always want people to reach full potential, right? You know, so, like, that's that's a thing, right? When your kids don't do that, you get frustrated. Heck, maybe you've been dumped by someone because you weren't reaching your full potential. I don't know. No one likes that, right? So let's hope that this team does that. And these are the questions we want to see answered that I think do impact the offseason and the rest of the regular season here. So one that I want to get into is Trey Murphy, who, look, it's no doubt that he's struggling this year. And I think in more ways than you think, just beyond the three-point shooting. So before that, again, kind of like disclaimers at the top of these things here, right? Like, he's a a third-year player. 
it's okay that he is struggling. He's a young player who hasn't been in the league that long, right? He's not even 24 years old yet, and he's shown a lot of potential. Guys go through struggles. Growth is not always linear for players, but he's having a worse season in terms of points and stuff like that than last season, though he's playing fewer minutes. So it's not necessarily the the same kind of comparison here. So we'll use some numbers that kind of equalize that a little bit. And again, he's shown potential to break out, right? 40-point game last season as a second-year player. Like, that doesn't just happen as a fluke, right? That means there is some talent there. Look at Denny Avija the other night against the New Orleans Pelicans. So he's not shooting well. He's not shooting well at all. This is his worst shooting year in the NBA, 36.1%. But here's the thing that I like about that, is he's taking almost... Where'd the numbers go? Sorry, just completely lost him here. He's taking almost seven attempts per game. That's up on last season. One, I like it when shooters shoot. Even if you're in a slump, you've got to just be ready to pull that trigger, shot ready, they call it, and go. And I really like that sort of mentality from him, that kind of fearless mentality from him. So we know the three-point shot's going to come. I think he could refine his three-point shot selection a little bit, maybe eliminate a few of those real deep ones, though he definitely can hit those and maybe just kind of make the game a little bit easier for him a couple feet closer maybe helps you on that sort of thing right but you've also seen him struggle on the defensive side of the ball and Willie Green called him out after that loss to the Los Angeles Lakers like the one player that he called out when everyone was bad defensively I thought in that game and Trey kind of took the brunt of it, and it did seem to light a fire under him. He's played a little bit better on that side of the ball since then, but he has not been amazing as you know in the way that we thought on that side of the ball. We'd like to see that more, especially with good size, right? He's 6'9", 6'10". He had been growing, so seeing him kind of get that size advantage there hasn't really translated to the defensive side of the ball in the way that we like. If he can become a legitimately good defender and not be a negative, and I think he's slightly worse this year than he was last year on the defensive side of the ball, that's going to be big for the New Orleans Pelicans. They're going to need to, if they don't figure the starting stuff out, need to rely on this bench a lot and having another you know plus guy off the bench, which Trey is right now, but having him kind of take that leap forward to being a starter level guy that we hoped he might be this season would go a long way towards making me feel better about what this team could potentially, just potentially, do in the postseason. So I think you need to look for that there too. The other thing is, how do you impact the game when your shot's not falling? And it hasn't been falling for Trey recently. You know, he we know he's a dunker, but... One of the things that you've really seen from him this year is when he drives and attacks the basket, you know, there's not a ton of, say, finesse to his game or moves in his bag to kind of create some space. Like if they take away the rim when he's going for a dunk, he's kind of dead in the water. So whether it's an additional move, you know, I don't think it's like a Euro step or whatever, or just kind of having more control over his body, slightly tighter handle with certain things. When he attacks the basket and kind of feeling more confident in his game, other than just going for a big slam, I think would help him with some scoring, whether that's a floater, whether that's a mid-range game, a pull-up jumper, all of those things he's capable of doing doesn't really have that in his bag right now. If he develops those or starts to show those as the season goes on, and again, there's only 27 games left. I think that would go a long way towards, you know, solidifying this team, right? Like in, in helping him then, you know, 
he's been a better rebounder this year, I think, than he has been in the past. I think that's an important thing to see from him. We're seeing growth on that side of the ball. Again, he's a third-year player. He's young. None of this is to say he's bad or a bust or anything like that, but he hasn't quite taken the leap that we'd want to see from him this year. I will say, though, his per 36-minute numbers are better than they were a year ago by about a point per game. That's worth noting by also about a rebound per game and about half an assist or so per game. So those numbers are up right there. Getting to the line about the same, not shooting that as well, but that's not a big deal here. So, Here's why this is important, right? You know, we know that there's going to be a salary cap crunch. He's going to be extension eligible after the season. He has one more year on his rookie deal, but he can sign a rookie extension right now. You know, can you lock him in potentially to a cheaper deal because of a slumping year? Or is he going to wait and try and go through restricted free agency, which is maybe going to be the case here? Because he should get a max deal if he has a bigger year next year. And I think he'll get a max deal no matter what. He has that much potential here. But this impacts the Pelicans offseason. All of the things that we're really going to talk about impact the offseason too because that's when they're likely to make some bigger changes. But knowing that Trey is in line for a big payday, if you start to have doubts about how he can play or who he can be, can you risk giving him that bigger of a deal? The answer to that is yes, but does that mean you can that you're then ready to move on from CJ McCollum? Or if you need to break up the pairing of Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram, if Trey Murphy doesn't look ready, are you a little bit more hesitant to do something like that? But if Trey can break out over these final 27 games, get out of the slump, play like what we think he was going to do this season, what we know he's capable of, that kind of changes your trajectory into the future too. So I'm going to be keeping an eye on Trey kind of getting out of this and what he's adding to this team, which is already good, and really see what he's capable of because I think it impacts the team building approach for the next couple of years here. Again, more on that in Monday's show when we talk about the Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram pairing, and that gets into the salary cap and kind of the future of the team as well. So that's coming up here on Monday's episode of Locked on Pelicans. In today's episode coming up next, I want to look at coaching growth. Will the bench actually shine in the postseason? Can they keep this play up? And a couple of other things, Jordan Hawkins included too. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Robinhood. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood is the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from other retirement accounts with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. The offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com slash boost. Subscription fees apply. And now for some legal info. Claim as of Q1 2024 validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk, including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood Gold from for one year from the date of the first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. 3% matching on transfers is subject to specific terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker dealer. And thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking out, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team, looking at the biggest burning questions remaining here. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. 
and become an everyday or listen Monday through Friday, never miss an episode. You know, we've had a lot of the past couple of weeks kind of had a theme running through. So these questions probably aren't like a big surprise to you if you're an everyday. Also, tell a friend about the show. Get them clued into what's going on here. 27 more games. This team is winning. How good can they be? Potentially very good. We want them to reach their full potential. That's kind of been the thing here, right? So get other people listening. That helps keep the show free in five days a week for you. By the way, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And now it's also available on Amazon Fire TV and the free TV channels app. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find Locked On Sports Today now available on the free Fire TV channels app. All right. Biggest burning questions. Actually, let me do I have a question for y'all. If we do the Zion Brain Ingram show live, do you want me to do it live Sunday night? We can probably set a time, maybe 7 or 8 p.m. Central, and we can kind of go live and I can do that show just live so y'all can see it in the moment and give me your reactions in there. Maybe we do a little bit of a bonus segment after that, or maybe we'll just do a live Q&A show or something like that during the week. Let me know if you want to watch it live as I record it Sunday night for the more, for the Monday show. So a couple more questions here that all, again, tie into the bigger picture of can the Pelicans reach their potential? Coaching growth, we're going to see that. Look, Willie Green is not in danger of being fired, nor do I think he should be fired, nor am I saying that he's maxed out as a coach. Does he need to change some things? Would I like to see some things change? Like, yes, absolutely. But here's one thing that I'm going to touch on in a whole episode next week, right? What if they're not making changes even though they need to make changes. Like, would that bother you right now? There's a reason for that, right? Like, there's a reason for that. You know, what if, because things are going relatively well, they're 11 games over 500. Do you need to rock the boat that much? I mean, they're not reaching their potential. It's not great, but I wouldn't say they're coasting either. They're a little bit coasting. So do, do you want to risk that? Do you want to make a change to a starting lineup that maybe then backfires and you get worse, right? You know, you've got to give these things a little bit of time to like marinate, right? Like they tried three games of starting Larry in the second half and it didn't work, but you couldn't just do it for one game and then not do it again. So when you have a situation like that, like how long do you need to give things? But what if it leads to you going to 0-3 during that stretch? Look, the Western Conference is tough. The Western Conference is very tough here. Right. You know, there I'm pulling up the standings right now. The Pelicans are in the sixth spot. You know, they're only a game up on the Dallas Mavericks for seven. They're a game and a half up on the Sacramento Kings for eight. They're three and a half up on the Los Angeles Lakers for nine. But basically what this means to say is they're a game out of the play in tournament. Now, look, they end up in the playing tournament as long as they get out of it. I think I'm okay with that depending on what the win total is, right? If they get to 48, 49 wins, which is a top four season in franchise history and they're in the playing tournament, as long as you get out of that, that's okay. The West is just tough. You can only control what you can control with this sort of thing here. So that I do think is worth kind of keeping in mind with some of this in the playing tournament and looking at all of that. But what if you go on a three-game losing streak and all of a sudden now you find yourself eighth teetering on ninth? That's not a great position to be in. So I wouldn't be shocked if they're just like, we don't need to change things because we're winning games, right? The Pelicans are seven and three in their last 10 games. What do you truly need to change there? Right? Let's see how they do, you know, as this, and here's the other thing with that, right? Like they have the 11th hardest schedule to close the year out. The final 15 games are brutal. You want to make changes then? That could tank you. So I don't know if I want to see that. 
Doesn't mean they shouldn't. I think it's an open question. So it doesn't mean that there's not growth from Willie Green. It just might be they're taking kind of the safe route here. And I think there's some potential for that. We're going to have a whole show based around that where we're going to dive deeper into the numbers. I test all of those things with the coaches too. But certainly you'd like to see some growth from the coaching staff, some sort of tweaks, adjustments that yield some results that are just kind of the right thing to do without making big wholesale changes that have potential to backfire here. Another question I have is, can the bench keep this up? Can the bench keep this up? You know, we've seen Najee Marshall. We've seen Jose Alvarado be just such key players for this team. Are they capable of keeping that up, right? The team has the best net rating when Jose Alvarado is out there on the court, plus 8.6. By comparison, Zion is minus 5.4 right now, right? Brandon Ingram is just positive 1.1. So Jose Alvarado is a plus 8.6. Najee Marshall is third on the team, positive 4.3. And then Trey Murphy is second on the team, 7.0. Trey, let's remove from the equation for a minute, right? More talented than Jose, than Najee. Can they keep this up when Jose is out there on the court? Like, can you keep just dominating and crushing those minutes? Same for Najee, right? Like the bigger question is around Najee Marshall, I think. You know, he's a free agent after this year. If he is that key to the team this year, and he has been, right? He's played that well. He's shooting the ball well, the hustle, the energy, the defense, all of that stuff that he gives you. He is playing that well right now for this team. He's a free agent. Do you, do you have to then sign him to a bigger deal? Like, could you let, you know, does it get to the point where if he does keep this up, you know, can you, do, can you let Najee Marshall walk at that point? I'm not sure that you can. And how does that then impact the salary cap? Does that mean they have to let someone else go or go cheap at the center position? You can't bring in a Jared Allen, someone like that. Those are open questions right now. On the contrary side of this, though, right? Like if the bench doesn't keep it up and the starters aren't figured out, like how do you evaluate this team? You know, that's a little bit scary to think about here, but that's also on the table, right? If all of a sudden these guys start coming back down to earth and look, they haven't yet. I keep waiting for it, expecting it. It doesn't happen. They're doing an amazing job out there, right? So something that is, I don't know, keep an eye on. I have a question about that. Yet, I think the answer is going to be those guys keep providing energy for this team. Now, part of this is also that the starters are bad. And if the starters are good, Jose's numbers wouldn't look at this level right? They wouldn't then kind of be comparing that number to a negative number and it would look entirely different. That's worth keeping in mind too. But right now, you could argue he's the most impactful player on the team. You know, Najee's right up there too. They need those guys. How does that impact the offseason the rest of the regular season? Because look, you can't rely necessarily on your bench to win in the playoffs. You can't. Right now, the Pelicans are throwing in some subs around Zion or B.I. and crushing other teams. But in the second half, this is why those third quarter leads keep getting blown away, right? While they keep blowing them, I should say. Because the starters aren't working together and teams go on runs. And it shouldn't be that you you put in the undersized guard to go give you a lift. Like that, I can't, I'm going to say it again. I don't think that's sustainable. It has been. We'll see. That's a big question, though, that I have. Uh, you know, the remainder of the season and how it impacts the offseason here too. And then Jordan Hawkins, finally. You know, will he get more minutes? We'll see. This ties to all of the above. This ties to everything we've talked about here, right? With the coaching growth, do they find a reason to play him knowing that, you know, your offense is linked to your defense? 
you can make your defense better by making shots or by spacing the court better for Zion Williamson and letting him make shots. All of those things are going to improve your defense. Are they capable of doing that? We'll see. Hawkins is going to help with something like that. But look, I don't think he was the problem in the law. You know, not playing him was a big deal in the win over the Washington Wizards when they needed to get stops because, look, that's what they needed. They were scoring. If they weren't, they had trouble scoring at that point in the fourth quarter, I'd be like, yeah, no, we, you got to do something differently here. But that wasn't the case. So hopefully we see this team really kind of figure out, you know, again, the right balance of offense and defense. And that has definitely been the trouble for them here kind of finding that right kind of balance instead of leaning too heavily on the defensive side of the ball how many points did the pelicans put up in the fourth quarter the other night and the nba's stats website as i'm recording this is like not worked scored 34 it's a good number they weren't looking for points they were looking for stops i don't think hawkins would have helped you there but with dyson daniels you know gone for a little bit we had an update he had a, a menisectomy so we'll see what happens they said in four weeks he'll be reevaluated again i don't know if we'll see him again in the regular season hopefully we do maybe the postseason we'll find out um no real update there right now though but the rotation is going to be tweaked is it just shortened or do they just put in jordan hawkins we'll see let me know what your biggest questions for the remainder of the regular season are here in the comments section on YouTube. And that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Let me know if you want me to do the show live Sunday night, the Monday show, talking about the Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, Perry. And I think that's going to be important going forward the remainder of this regular season. I have some real great insight and stuff into that that I'm excited to talk about and kind of team building philosophy and things like that. So that's coming up on Monday's episode. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with y'all next time.